The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW Future Stars Wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how's it going? Going well, another uh, exciting day in paradise. So, the first thing I got to ask you, just out of curiosity, because it hit me last night when we were doing our show, um, the uh, the name of uh, of Jake something came up, and um, it was in regards to him winning a match, and therefore he was going to be on the pay-per-view for Impact. And then the uh, next thing I heard was, Oh, Impact's running the pay-per-view on the 20th now. Is that something that is confirmed that Jake is not going to be able to be at uh, the uh, Natural Born Killers? Uh, That is something I am totally unaware of, (laughs) being that uh, TJ Perkins is also on that show. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. It's hard for me to believe that Impact's running a pay-per-view the day before. Well, so this is what I'm... This was what I was... The the explanation I was given from our guys. Now, take it with a grain of salt. It's come from our guys. But apparently, Impact didn't realize when they had the pay-per-view in place for Saturday the 21st that that was the date that WWE was running SummerSlam and allegedly that when they figured this out they then decided well we'll bump it up a date now the thing I don't know and this is I was wondering if you had any information on it was if maybe that the pay-per-view is quote-unquote a pay-per-view, but it's filmed. It's not a live shot. Um, that's the only thing that makes sense to me in my head because with pay-per-view, if you're locked in to the providers for that day, um, what ends up happening is you can't move it or else you get penalized, as I understand. So... I, I was totally confused on the whole situation, and it sounds like you don't know anything as well. Uh, no, I have not heard anything. I knew the tapings were supposed to be the week before, so I don't know. And that might be the answer, then. Then it might be a, a taped pay-per-view. Um, so, with that in, in mind, um, You've got some uh, matches that have been announced. Uh, how is everything coming along for the uh, Natural Born Killers on uh, Friday the 20th? Uh, we just need to start announcing things. Uh, I think we 
we've gotten things locked up and pretty much in check. Uh, still trying to finalize a couple of things, but, uh, you know, the, the main guys, and I believe we were going to do a seven match card. So we're kind of right there. We just might be having, uh, some issues, uh, with the women's match. Uh, one of the participants might actually have a fight for Bellator on September 18th. So she's going to find out more this week. So hopefully, like, ASAP, yeah, uh, we will know. Interesting. Um, and, and how is that with you when those kind of uh, curveballs come up? Um, you know, there, there's been various situations throughout the years. Has it become less stressful to you when, you know, different instances come up that prevent people from either getting here or you know, fulfilling the obligation because something else happened um, to they they were committed to uh, that was um, took priority over coming into Vegas. Uh, believe it or not, it happened a lot more back in the Silver Nugget days than really? it, than it really has nowadays. You know, and I'm looking at it as maybe uh, we weren't as well known a company, and if somebody missed the show. You know, they didn't feel they were missing out on a great opportunity where now uh, them not making a show. Uh, this is this is a company people really want to work for. Right. So if they ask about working and then blow it off, you know, I don't really need to try to get somebody else to come back. Right. I have, you know, 30 other people that are looking for a spot. Um, when you're putting together a card for something like a natural born killers, what is to you the most important aspect of making sure the matches kind of fall in the right place? Um, just because it's so different than, you know, you're, you got a lot more flexibility when you have a tag team match and a triple threat and, you know, cage match or whatever's going on with a regular wrestling card, you have different ebbs and flows you can put together. But when you have a, you know, mat based wrestling card, what is it for you that you look at and go, okay, this is why these puzzle pieces fit together and how the card will end up looking. Uh, matchups, things that you think uh, would work well. You know, we got a guy, Caljack, you know, he's six, six, you know, 280 pounds, I'm not too sure people would be too excited to see him against Eli Everflow. You know what I mean? You know, right. as great as Eli is, you know, he's going to be giving the guy 150 pounds. Right. You know, in any world, that's, you know, a giant mismatch. As good as Eli is, and, you know, I wouldn't have a problem putting him in with a match somebody 30, 40 pounds more, but, right. you know, kind of ridiculous you know, I remember the old UFC, you know, David versus Goliath, but it still wasn't a 300-pounder against 150-pounder. Right. You know I mean? So it's matchups, you know, things that we look at, maybe guys that are kind of intertwined at FSW that both have, like we, we talked about it at the show, uh, Tito, who's a jiu-jitsu guy, Graves is a jiu-jitsu guy. 
they, those guys have been going back and forth for for a few months now so why not have them square off at natural born killers you know these are two uh i won't say ego driven but i will say are very proud of their uh you know abilities in jujitsu and they're going to go at it you know they yep. they want to show the other guy that you know that that they're better so to me that's going to be you know an exciting matchup so and do you do you anticipate for a show like this and being SummerSlam weekend that um majority of the crowd will be fsw either regulars or familiars or are you expecting to get um an influx of people who are potentially you know fans of other organizations or fans of um the mma style that you probably wouldn't normally get coming into uh, an fsw show well, we we did the first two times, and you know we had we had our regulars and we had our fans, but it was sprinkled in with a you know thirty percent maybe maybe a little bit more, you know between the Mizani selling the tickets and and Ryan Walker and and the MMA locals that were involved, you know the, the Ryan Couture the first time and Kira Batara the 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 last time. You know, it was definitely something that had a different fan base and the crowd reaction to certain things that maybe in a professional wrestling match wouldn't be as exciting uh, of, a, of a move uh, garnered a very big pop from the crowd, you know, watching a simple takedown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do do you do you enjoy uh, when the you know the night is over and you start getting the feedback from the uh, the fans and, and people you know who have seen the shows before? Do you how does how does that make you feel when you're getting that kind of uh, feedback from? you know, the, the audience after the fact of the, the in the moment fan reactions. Well, on the first one, you know, we built everything up and we were legitimately, you know, had no, nowhere to people for sit or stand or anything. And then all of a sudden John Moxley comes out and you say to yourself, "Wow, I wish we was at Samstown and was able to announce John Moxley, because I'd be sure we would have an extra two, three, four hundred fans." But the moment was was awesome, you know, combining the legends like Frank Mir and Dan Severin, you know, you know Dan Severin, one of the greatest of all time, you know, yeah. and you know Stephen Bonner was there, and then we had guys like Simon Gotch who has probably been on every blood sport show. You know, you know what I mean? And it was of course, you know, Kevin Cross who was the precursor of the conversations that brought it about where I decided that I felt this would be a very good, you know, opportunity for all involved. Because you got to remember blood sport at that point, I think they ran like one show during WrestleMania. So it wasn't like, oh, look at these guys ripping off this this gimmick. It was like 
they did one show, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. And I felt the UFC being in town, it was the Hall of Fame ceremony. It was like their WrestleMania. So I felt we would be able to get a good amount of, you know, MMA fans. And we did between, you know, Gina Mazzani and, and Dave and Ryan Couture. You know, they were, those guys are always at Extreme Couture, whatever gym they, they happen to be at. And, you know, they're used to having to go out and try to sell tickets, you know, like Tough Enough does. You know, you want to be on the show? Great. You need to sell X amount of tickets. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that, that community is very supportive of, of the fighters, you know, and as we were, as we were growing as FSW, I always wanted to be that company because we had already done the Mecca and that was successful. And we kind of wanted to branch off to different things because, you know, it's the same thing as doing beers and body slams, you know, more of a bar oriented show, you know, that's why we use Santana Jackson, a little more variety, a little more entertainment, because if you're going to stand out in a hundred degree heat, to watch the same show you could see at the FSW arena, well then just wait to go to the FSW arena. We're always continually trying to offer, you know, something different for the fans. You know, you've seen the successes of different things, you know, whether it was a hood slam, you know, where you don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy it. It was kind of, it got this, you know, thing about it where it became the cool thing to do whether you like wrestling or not you know and you could only run so many of the same exact type of wrestling shows over and over and over again before it gets stale you know natural born killers totally different you know then we got a women's show totally different fan base on that you know and you know, doing the FSW GCW, you know, we, we, we put out on Twitter, you know, the first announcement, Chris Bay versus Starboy Charlie a little while ago. And, you know, through the roof, the response. And then people were excited when we announced the main event, Nick Gage and AJ Gray uh, against Funny Bone and Cody. Yep. You know, those guys are not going to be shy. They're not going to be intimidated. You know, guy like Cody and Funny Bone know that they're playing to a different fan base. They're playing to the masses and they want to go out there and, you know, these guys have been doing it for a very long time. And maybe they got, especially a Cody with a chip on their shoulder to maybe being overlooked by, you know, the national promotions or the bigger independent promotions that if he goes out there and gives Nick Gage hell, you know, that increases his value when it comes to being booked around the United States. All right. Uh, that, and that seems to be a very, um, a Benny, a very beneficial um, relationship in terms of being able to work together in that sense. Um, how has that particular show been coming along? Um, has it been something that um, is, uh, you know, something that's flowing uh, fairly naturally or is there a lot of uh, just kind of back and forth and, you know, 
being that there can only be so many matches, how do you decide between the two of you in in terms of uh, GCW and, and yourself how the talent is utilized and you know how many matches you can actually realistically pull off in a time frame that allows for people to see the show and then still get to uh, SummerSlam with enough time. Well, the good thing is, Brett at GCW gave me a lot of freedom to where, you know, maybe that's not what he really wanted to do, but they have so much going on and they're traveling. So I kind of came up with the concept and the ideas of what I thought would work. And after I pitched that to him, you know, it took us a little while to get back to each other. Like, hey, bro, you know, we need to get some stuff going. You know, here's some of the ideas I had. You know, what do you think? And we tweaked a couple of things. A lot of the main guys that we were hoping GCW that would be part of the show, they were the Nick Gages of the world. And, you know, Chris Bay had made it a point that he really wanted a match with Starboy Charlie. So, you know, I relayed that to Brett, who also uses Chris Bay on the GCW shows. So he understands the value of Chris Bay. So let's let's make him happy while we're trying to do our thing. You know, Cody has wanted Nick Gage for a long time. We were talking about that as a singles match. And because of the match that Nick will have probably, you know, 12 hours earlier, not even 24, because we're doing a new show. He was like, hey, you know, Nick really would prefer to do a tag, six-man, blah, blah, blah. And immediately to my head was, they never really teamed together. They've had some bloodbaths themselves. Who better than two originals like Cody and Funny Bone representing FSW against Nick Gage and somebody else? And I guess AJ Gray works together with uh, Nick Gage at times with the MDK. So it's like, okay, well, there's your carve them up match that, you know, a lot of the fans are going to be looking forward to. You know, I know Funny Bone don't go anywhere with, you know, two bags full of thumbtacks. So, and Cody with his barbed wire bat. So it should be, you know, an interesting matchup. And then it's like, okay, well, we got Remy Marcel. He's our No Limits champion. Uh, they have a woman wrestler, Ali Cat, who's very very popular and appears on a lot of the GCW shows. So, Hey, Sandra moon made a pitch like, Oh, she'd love to work her. And, you know, so those ideas came together. I had an idea of like, Hey, you know, a four on four, we probably won't do it survivor series style of eliminations yeah. just because of time frame, but an idea of a four on four team FSW and team GCW. And my main pitch on that was having Toa on one side and having Juicy on the other. So it's going to be four on four, and Toa is going to be on Team FSW, and Juicy is going to be on Team GCW. So now we're going to see, you know, where the true allegiances lie when it comes because, you know, Juicy has not been used. I mean, Toa has not been used in FSW. And he's a guy that we're really high on and, you know, felt it would be a good opportunity to uh, give him a match. Now, you know, we'll we'll see where that goes from there. 
you know, I had one idea about uh, Jay Vidal and Effie, and everybody was very excited about it. But, you know, Brett had a different idea, uh, old school kind of match. You know, we thought we were going to have Ricky Morton there, so we were trying to set that guy up with Ricky Morton, but he's not able to make that show. He's got a show back in North Carolina on the Saturday. So we kind of moved Jay Vidal into the very famous GCW six-man scramble, which goes right to my my joys because I'm a fan of those myself. So, you know, between the Trey Lamars and Jordan Olivers and Jay Vidal's and Eli Everflies and Ice Williams, you know, there's just, you know, I'm not saying that any of those guys are in that match, but if they were, it would be a really cool match. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's um, you know, just thinking of the energy that I think is going to be brought to the arena. Um, I think you, you kind of alluded to the idea of the fact that there will be eyes nationally on a lot of the guys who maybe have not gotten the same recognition um does it does it make it hard for you sometimes when you get these opportunities that you have to end up not including some people who might deserve it but it just was the timing wasn't right yeah you know we have we're gonna have seven matches so we got one tag team match we got a scramble so you know we also have half of the roster as gcw guys right so we got 30 40 guys on our regular eight or nine match show now we're doing a seven match show and we have half as many guys available just because of that fact you know and Unfortunately, a Matt Vandergriff, he's booked in Washington that day. Uh, the the RMB, I was going to have a place for them in the uh, Team FSW. They're booked elsewhere. So it, it did actually open up a few spots because there were certain guys that, like an Eli Everfly, who kind of worked for both companies, he was definitely a guy I want on that show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Trey Lamar just moved to Los Angeles and, you know, he's a super talent. So he's a guy we want on that show. And it's also trying to reward the guys who've been in FSW for a very long time. You know, they kind of get a preference over guys who've been doing it for a year or so, as good as they may be. Right. You know, and, at one point, Graves wasn't going to be on the show, but now it looks like Graves will also be part of the four-man team representing FSW with the guy he's basically been feuding with for the last four months in Toa. Yeah. So it has that dynamic in there that, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, Hero Shogun came back this past week, you know, there's Nino Black, Class. There's so many options of people, tag teams, you know, Creature Feature, Sky High, you know, like I said. 
but them not being able to make it leaves a couple of spots open. Right. Which now Braves got to fill and, you know, whoever else. And Gregory Sharp, you know, he's been with us for an extremely long time. He's helped train. He's done a lot of things that outweigh his behavior of late. And, you know, he's a guy who's deserving the reward of getting to be on a show that's getting to be run on the GCW, you know, fan base on their fight TV where they get a huge following of fans, right? you know, way more so than us, you know, which is extremely disappointing for us, of course, but we understand, you know, we're doing what we're doing and we're doing a great job at what we're doing. They have a niche that the internet is solidly behind and they're the kind of new age ECW, you know, and by traveling and running shows all over the place, it's really increased their fan base. I don't know if you saw it, but Jesus Christ, did you see the, uh, did you see the picture of their show in LA the other day? Yeah. It was jam packed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and they're able to do that with what three weeks, four weeks out announcing and, you know, that they don't even have to announce full cards either. You know, uh, that's the other thing that's really uh, amazing with what they've been able to do. Um, when you look at the success of a company like that, what 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 is your game plan as a promoter to elevate to get up into that type of fan base so that there's a potential of you being able to possibly um, go around nationally and hook up with you know other uh, companies in, in different cities uh, to you know start a buzz uh, for FSW is that something that you're game planning in your mind uh, that you'd like to achieve yeah, in my mind, there's a lot of things that we can do if, uh, you know, somebody you know has got a couple of mil to throw our way. Uh, I'd be more than happy to accept a new investor to come in because to expand a fan base like L.A. and Phoenix, like we used to run a little bit, and, and whether it's Utah, New Mexico, Texas, Florida, wherever, you know, you have to be there. You know, you can't expect a huge following because somebody caught you on the Internet. Right. You, you know what I mean, you need to be there. You know, it's great that guys like a cross used to and a Chris Bay does, you know, they fly that FSW fat flag and, you know, Maserati's been out there a lot more. But that, that that's only seeing, you know, individuals, you know, Cepha, you know, but seeing the company or seeing large groupings of the company, like, hey, you know, it was great at WrestleMania weekend and Vandegrift and the Unguided and Jay Vidal and Chris Bay and all these guys who went out there and got on shows, but they got on other people's shows. Right. You know, they may be representing FSW. And again, thankfully, we have a good, uh, you know, relationship with gcw the unguided went down there 
and they got to defend the FSW tag titles on an FS, you know, on a GCW show. Yeah. So, you know, that's all cool stuff, but it realistically to get to that next, next level, you need to do something bigger. You know, we've done big things in Las Vegas. You know, we've had a weekend with ring of honor where they had their anniversary shows and we outdrew them. You know, Impact came in for a few days and we outdrew them. But that was in Las Vegas where we've spent 12 years of, of, of time, money, and energy to get us to the level of where we're at. Now, you know, to go back to Phoenix when we used to run shows eight years ago, it's starting all over again. Right. Oh, and it's also finding the right partner. Hey, well, now we got to rent a ring to go down there. We need to rent to, you know, work with a different crew. You know, we again, we got a great relationship with 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 Dom and Gallo, and of course, Hammerstone and Graves are part of their crew. So, if something's going to happen, my bet would be it would be something with those guys. Yeah. But they hadn't run a show, and they still haven't run a show in you know close to a year and a half and they're going to be running next week and cody and remy and you know numerous other guys from fsw will be on that show so that's a good little taste for that fan base to see but it's not going to all of a sudden make us draw 500 fans in phoenix because fsw is coming to town right yeah, that's that's a very good um, breakdown of of that, you know, mindset that you have to have to realistically real, realistically look at it. Um, yeah, that that that's the thing. I I look at things as most realistically as possible. You know, some of that stuff's a pipe dream, and we got to put all the eggs in the basket. And yeah, do we need to take a shot eventually? Yeah, we definitely do. But we need to get everything back in check now. You know, even though we ran shows for the last year, they were sporadic until the last month or so. Right. So we need to get back on all cylinders in Vegas first before we concentrate. And, you know, SummerSlam weekend is a big weekend. You know, um, you did say um, before with uh, Natural Born Killers, Moxley showing up was a huge surprise. We've talked about it before. Um, do you look for, because it's SummerSlam weekend, do you get feelers out there and try to figure out, hey, if we could make something um, special happen, um, we'd like to do it? How do you go about thinking about, in those terms, of what you can do to bring a sweetener that kind of would be a surprise that would also garnish attention in the the buzz of that weekend. Well, all you can do is pay attention. There's other things that are going on, which shows a lot of, you know, ex-WWE guys, you know, making the rounds, doing some signings, and, and, and it's basically keeping your eyes open and seeing, you know, uh, what's going on. You know, I just saw, you know, Scott Hosey at Power Play, for example. Now, it isn't uh, SummerSlam weekend, 
but he just announced that he's doing a signing with Mike Rotunda, Barry Windham, and one of my personal favorites, Bo Dallas. <laughs> okay? And, you know, I know Sin's pretty tight with the Wyndham family, which includes Rotundos and, and all that stuff. When I told him that, uh, you know, Wyndham and Rotundo are going to be out here, he messaged Bray Wyatt thinking that's what I was talking about. Like, oh, you're going to believe what he wants? And he's like, 20K. And I'm like, for Barry Wyndham? He's like, oh, I thought you meant Bray Wyatt. I'm like, you know, those guys want a lot of money, but what, 20 grand? So, you know, because there would be nothing better than Barry Wyndham and Mike Rotundo running a seminar for our students. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I reached out to Conan. He's going to be in town doing his podcast on the Friday at midnight. Right. Well, you know, last time he was here, you know, he plucked, you know, a few guys, you know, uh, Matt Vandergriff and Damian Drake, you know, to, to work the, the, the AAA shows he was doing in Tijuana. So the knowledge he has, and again, he's a guy who's got his hands in everything. Yeah. You know, Conan, MLW, Conan, Impact, Conan, AEW. It's like, it's amazing how many companies he works for. Yep. You know, the guy could be good. He's got to be phenomenal for so many companies that are considered major league talent to want the guy, even though he's working for the for another company, you know, of equal stature. So, you know, we're trying to get that. You know, there, we saw Kurt Angle was advertised, but now he's not advertised anymore. But I thought that would be an amazing moment if we can get Kurt Hang Angle to show up and say a few words of Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Oh, and maybe put Brett the Thread in the ankle lock. You know, that'd be a great moment. <laughs> but unfortunately, it would probably cost us the entire gate just for Kurt Angle to say hello and break Brett's ankle. Well, you know, Joe, you're talking about it happening to Brett the Threat. I'm sure there, there's one lovely sponsor out there who would oh, pay. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. We have, we have a GoFundMe sponsorship, for, you know, for Kurt Angle to break the ankle of uh, Brett the Threat. You know, we may go over the number. <laughs> yeah, you might be able to get two ankles broken in that case. You might. Uh, you know, we're talking about uh, the the weekend of SummerSlam. Um, the FSWW, the women's show, uh, is going to be coming up uh, this Saturday, uh, this past Saturday at the High Octane. Um, there was an announcement for the Maserati and uh, Sandra Moon match. Um, what was the stipulation and what are you looking forward to about that match? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to have the first ever DLC match in FSW history featuring two women that kind of started now I wouldn't say at the same time but they really started coming into their own around the same time and they've been you know feuding back and forth for years you know and Maz is the first one to get the title 
you know, out of those two. And Sandra Moon, many people thought, won the title at the anniversary show. So now we're going to make sure there's no ifs, ands, or buts. The, 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 the ladder will have to be set up. So whoever grabs the belt at the end of the match is the women's champion. And, you know, as much as we loved Lacey and Heather Monroe as our champions in the past, you know, these two were born and bred in FSW. So, you know, whether it was Sandra in the kids' class at 15, 16 years old, whether it was Maz, you know, struggling, being a valet in the beginning, going to China, and then coming back, like everybody knows both of those wrestlers history. Right. They know everything about it. You know, most love Sandra, most hate Moss. You know what I mean? And you know, that will be the main event of the women's show. We got some other great talent coming in. We got some new talent, uh, Jordan blue out of NorCal, you know, uh, she's going to wrestle Viva van, uh, uh, Strella will be there, of course, and she's definitely lurking. I don't think she cares who wins that match, but you know, she is definitely a major threat to the women's championship. Yeah, and you know, recently I think she's been uh, kind of posting some pictures, kind of showing her journey in the gym uh, and her transformation from where she was about two years ago or so it's incredible how she's you know finding that motivation and um is really taking it seriously in terms of i think she now sees what you know her future could potentially be with putting her heart and soul into you know dedicating everything to her body and to her uh to learning the craft um, does it excite you when you see someone who starts like um, Strella did and how little time it's taken her to get from, you know, point A to point B now and, you know, p potentially getting her to the next point um, will be even quicker. Is that something that you look at when you see people like that take the reins and kind of now start giving you no choice but to pay attention to them because of the fact that they're showing that they're putting in that time and effort you gotta understand for the women it's more difficult you know it's like on a seven eight nine match show maybe two matches maybe they use four girls maybe six because they do a tag maybe Right. And with the pandemic, how many companies in California and Arizona weren't running? So th there were a very limited amount of opportunities. I'm pretty sure most of the people who wrestled this year wrestled more matches in FSW than they did out combined, which is a scary thought because we didn't run our normal, you know, three shows a month 40 shows whatever you know we probably cut in half those shows yeah. so maybe we ran 15 to 20 
And that was still more than most people got elsewhere. So not getting the reps in makes it difficult. You know, and I always say practice is great, but you still need, you know, that those fans around, even if it's 20 fans watching a show, it's being able to perform in front of people nonstop, not stopping because you screwed up and things like that. So, you know, even with us, there's only so many girls we can use. So this past week, I knew Bryn Thorne was going to be there. She wrestled Alice Blair. Uh, Sandra Moon was around. She wasn't booked elsewhere, but we really didn't have anything for her. You know, she got to do commentary on the women's match, but she was happy to do the commentary, but she would have much rather preferred to have a match. Right. You know, thing with Strella. We did that the week before where, you know, she wrestled the shade. You know what I mean? And it's like, because there isn't nearly as many women, the combinations are are you know it ain't no you know the guys are like the rubik's cube there's a billion ways you can go you know what i mean while in the women's division we probably have five locals and three are ready and the other two you know are kind of starting so you try to pick and choose spots for them to get opportunities in so you know you can't really have maz wrestling Dana Lynn and Alice Blair every week. Yeah. So it's like trying to bring some people in, whether it's a Bryn Thorne or Jordan Blue or a Viva Van or uh, Christy Janes. It's like, you know, trying to just get more out there. But once you do that, then it stops somebody else from having a match because we already have a, a women's match. Right. Oh, we got two women's matches. You know, I'm not really ready to have the six-way women scramble yet, you know? <laughs> yeah, but Joe, you know that if you had enough women, that that's exactly what you'd be doing. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, you know, we don't. <laughs> but we've done it and, you know, had a four-way and yeah. we've done a tag and things like that. And, you know, we're doing uh, intergender tag. I got approached by Jay Vidal and uh, he got a commitment. And Katie Forbes will be working on the nice. uh, women's show in an intergender match with Jay Vidal as her partner. Nice. Against uh, your favorite tag team, the Friendship Express, uh, Ricky Tenacious, and Lola the Explorer, Dora's sister, I guess. <laughs> oh, Lola the Explorer's, that gimmick just cracks my shit up every time I see her wrestle, man. <laughs> Well, there you go. You'll get another opportunity in a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, the, the three main shows we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. But now we're also talking about the the show that is now later um, at FSW on Sunday. Uh, tell us a little bit about what is going on with uh, that show. Uh, we have a show Sunday at 6 p.m. It's called The Alliance. We were hoping there was going to be a few more allies, but as the time got too close, it just wasn't feasible. But uh, No Peace Underground from Florida had been inkling to do something with us. And not only are they doing a show with Joey on Friday, they're doing uh, the show 
with us on Sunday, bringing in some uh, big guns, EC3 and Matt Justice is going to be uh, their main match. But then they're using two of our best, Chris Bay and Jay Vidal. So that will be three of the of the matches. Uh, early on, some miscommunication on how things were going to be. Uh, they were thinking it was more like the collective that GCW did. So there were blocks instead of what my thought process was, kind of like with the GCW thing, where we kind of work together, but it's not. It's not a joint show. No. So we're probably going to open up with a couple of matches. Then they're going to come back with, you know, three in a row. You know, Chris Bay, Jay Vidal, and then East T3 against Matt Justice. And then we'll top it off uh, with a couple of our own matches uh, to finish it off. So we're still in the process of figuring all that out. Uh, you know, who's representing, who's going to still be around, you know, even with the SummerSlam weekend, there's a couple guys we're talking to, but there's also a couple that might be working as extras for SummerSlam. Yeah. So, so you know, it's going to air. That one's going to air on IWTV. So again, that's where the, No Peace has a very good, uh, you know, fan base. Who, a lot of those fans may have heard of FSW, but not really be aware of us. So fortunately. We already got two of the best with Chris Bay and Jay Vidal on there. And now we want to sprinkle it in with a lot of our, you know, really good talent. That way people may say, hey, wow, this stuff's really good. And, you know, as I always said, you put any independent promotion roster against ours, and I, I say we have the best one. Yeah, yeah that's it's not hyperbole. Um let me ask it's reality it's reality verbally as bryce harrison once said <laughs> let me ask you then about uh this past uh saturday uh the high octane show um like you did say uh there were some things that did kind of happen uh, including shogun coming back um how excited are you to have shogun back in the mix um you know he's been out and doing stuff in uh texas there for for a while and um is it is it good to kind of sometimes have guys kind of go away for a little bit like that so that the fans are excited when they see them come back after a few months yeah i think if uh shogun stayed away another six or seven months it would be a lot better but since he is here you know we will make do you know the best we can but in <laughs> honesty you know Taking breaks when you have a roster of such familiar, familiarity, 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 yes. Uh, you know, like R&B, you know, we have not seen them yet since they lost the tag team title match. Yeah. And that's okay because we have other teams. It's like, you know, they're not right in line. They just lost their opportunity now we're trying to give new blood the, the the opportunity and you know shogun had been gone even longer you know uh he had some issues and he was gone after he lost the tag belts with uh kenny king and then we kind of stopped and started some ideas 
And then it became, okay, well, we have an idea. And it was like, oh, well, that didn't work out. So, you know, we, we felt that this time was, you know, the best time. And the fact of the matter is, you know, people seem to think that Shogun came out to help Chris Bay. I'm pretty sure he came out to help Hero Lou because that's his boy. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, when you see pictures, sure, you see Shogun with Bay, but him and Hero are the ones that's the real tight-knit one. They, they, they hang out together. You know, Chris Bay's big time. You know what I'm saying? He's busy working out with EC3 sometimes. You know, Sh Shogun's like the second fiddle for Chris Bay. You know, and, you know, Hero. And that whole crew together, you know, was, was Sefa, you know, Nino. That they, they kind of, you know, they, they the, the new age click, yeah. you know, of FSW. So, yeah, because now Shogun comes back, it's a fresh face. You know, Thomas Day coming back, fresh face, involved in a match with Death Proof against the Suavecitos and Adrian Quest. You know, a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of good stuff. You know, Thomas Day hasn't missed a beat. We can announce it now. He's going to be our guest next week on the podcast. Yes, he is. Yes. And Thomas Day is back 100% ready to roll. And those guys, you know, you, you see it with WWE. All those guys, they leave forever. They leave for months at a time. And when they come back, you know, Randy Orton could come back and get cheered again. You right. know, just in time for in three months when he turns on Matt Riddle and motherfucks all the fans and tell them you're all pieces of shit like he does in one of his 34 heel turns. But Randy Orton's love today. Which, which means the merch can sell too, which is the most brilliant thing about how they can manage that kind of stuff is, hey, let the merch sell for four months then have the heel turn, let him go heel, and then he'll team up with someone else or become a fan of favorite again and sell more merch. And uh, when you, I when, think Randy Orton should have came out and gave the RKO to Kevin Cross to keep that Twitter feud going. Personally, you know that is one of the I think possibly on paper could be one of the best matchups that we could ever see Cross wrestle. I think that that psychology wise would just be. You know, start taking notes because two of the better psychologists in the game, I don't, I don't think you could find. Um, but speaking of Thomas Day coming back, and um, obviously Adrian Quest has been kind of mixed in with the Suavecitos. Um, have you seen them as as uh, Ricky and Danny and? are they showing you that they are growing by getting the opportunity of working with someone like Adrian and um, getting a chance to work in the ring with a guy like Thomas day? Are they kind of, um, you know, can you see them making steps forward because they're getting the chance to work with guys who have uh, some really good experience under their belts? Without a doubt, you know, but the thing is, their issues are, you know, their attitudes, you know, that they are point blank immature, sure. you know, and there's always something minor that 
in wrestling, you kind of move on from that Danny seems to have a harder time with. You know, things are going to go wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, we had another incident with one of our younger guys, you know, screaming and yelling after the match and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, things go wrong. You know what I mean? It's like, man up, you know, you're young, you're inexperienced. It's okay. You know, you're going to have shit fests. It's going to happen. And it's how you react to that. And you can't continually react the same way. You know, once the Suavecitos get in the ring, and they're in there, especially with an Adrian Quest, usually everything turns out fine. Yeah. Oh, it's just some of the there's too much bickering and too much badgering and complaining. And it's like it gets tiresome, you know, because generally it's going to be the same people over and over again, you know. And you also need to understand not to give so much because they're too young and it does go to people's heads. Yeah. You know, it's like all of a sudden they're wrestling somebody that they started with, but they're in a much better position. Now all of a sudden they talk down to that person or maybe not even that person, maybe somebody who's been doing it longer than them, but they're kind of ahead of those people. And instead of being humble, they, they're arrogant. Yeah. And, you know, that's going to derail, you know, some people. And it's also going to get somebody's ass whooped. Yeah. You know, eventually <laughs> you're going to jack at the wrong person who doesn't want to hear shit from you and is going to pop you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's, it's very interesting too because um, when you have, when you're at your home base, you have much, you know, a lot more resources around you to maybe de-escalate or prevent something like that happening. But if if you start getting booked out and you get into locker room and you're not, you know, you're not being, uh, you're going in business essentially for yourself in the eyes of the other people, it, it's a dangerous thing. Um, do you think that that's something that Obviously, the FSW locker room has a really good cohesiveness, a lot of good leaders. Um, is that something that sometimes you just have to let the guys experience for themselves and kind of say, you know, hey, good luck and enjoy trying to wrestle in, you know, this place or that place. Um, but, you know, you know, try to take the stuff we've taught you guys with you or... You know, how do you look at that in preparing people for from going from, uh, you know, kids in your organization, you know, green wrestlers to guys who professionally won't get blackballed because of their attitudes and the way they handle things in other organizations? Well, see what what the younger guys we try to instill and make them understand since all the those younger guys they came from the FSW wrestling school, the training facility. Okay. So there are guys. So as they are getting better to improve, they're not making calls to Arizona and California getting booked anywhere. They're never getting booked yet. Okay. 
So their first match, 99 out of 100 times, is going to be in FSW. And in FSW, I am probably one of the more giving promoters in terms of trying to let people do their thing, trying to give them ideas, what we're looking to do. And again, it's, it's you know, common behavior. You, you, you give something and then they think they could take more. Where a lot of guys, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, show me that respect of what I'm doing for you. You know, what I'm allowing you to do isn't a sign of weakness. It's I'm trying to give you guys that ability to go out there and do things for yourself. That way, when you do go out in the world, because our locker room, they're not going to go into a different locker room and have more skilled veterans than we have. Yeah. Not going to happen. Because is there locker rooms that have more skilled wrestlers than us? Yeah. But all those young kids, they aren't going to be in that locker room unless they're the ring crew. Right. Okay? So when you have a Hammerstone and a Bay hanging around, you know, Chris Bay, he's been around like the last four or five shows, but we've only seen him once or twice. You know, he's back there and he's trying to, you know, work with people and watching the matches and, and, and trying to give ideas and critiques and all this other stuff. There's a wealth of knowledge, whether it's Sin Bodhi and Cody and Remy and Graves and, you know, you know, Graves ain't the most open person in the world, okay? Like, I love Graves, you know, we get along great. We're two New Yorkers, you know. Hey, who's pissing you off? Let me know, I'll stretch him, you know. And, but if he has a liking to you, then, you know, he will really try to encourage you to do certain things and, and try to help you be better. You know, yeah. like I, I remember when Hero kind of worked both of them at different times. Like whoever they worked, the other guy was there after the match and, oh man, this was good and you did this. Hey, you should have did that. You know, when they see somebody that they feel has the ability to be something more, they want to be that helpful guy, you know, and Hammerstone without a doubt is that guy, yeah. you know? And it was funny because a couple shows back, I had to leave the commentary booth and go nuts because it just seemed to get to the point where everybody felt that, eh, whatever, you know, I'm going to do what I want. And the show started at seven and we had done two matches and we were an hour in already. And we had finished like that four hour show that we had done at the school uh, day of reckoning or, or changing the game. One of the two was like extremely long. Yeah. And like, you know, 10 minutes ain't fucking 18 minutes. You know, I'm okay with a couple of matches and, and I'm okay if Hammerstone and Graves want to go five minutes over. They've earned that. Sure. You know what I mean? It's when these other guys want to do things and go long and long and long. And it's like, there's no cohesiveness because they're not concerned with the flow of the show. 
they're only concerned with themselves. Right. And I really felt at that point it was starting to get out of hand. And did I yell because I was frustrated? Yeah. Did I know what I was doing? A thousand percent. I was way calmer than most people seem to think I was. But I'm trying to get a point across. Yep. And I don't yell all the time. I always try to give people the freedom to, 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 to get out there and do things their way. You know, don't change what I want. You know, I'll do what you want if it's similar to what I wanted to do and you're getting there the way I wanted to do it. You had a different way to do it. Hey, you're going to do it better if you feel it's your... You, you know, you're involved in that decision-making process. And I felt, I feel in the long term, it's been more good than bad. So I don't want to have to be there and have agents in every match and basically tell you everything to do. You know, you're supposed to be young and growing in the business. Right. But we're also trying to be that company that's running these big shows and is bigger to the national reach, you know, as good as they are, you know, the Suavecitos aren't going to be wrestling second year crew on GCW tomorrow. Right. They have their core guys that have been there for a long time. And occasionally they'll sprinkle in, Hey, they heard about Vandegrift. They used them. Jay Vidal, oh, we use him at uh, Effie's uh, brunch. But as good as Jay Vidal is, he's way better right now than, say, the Suavecitos, and it's pulling teeth for him to get on that type of show. Right. So if we just did that type of show, there'd be a lot of guys who wouldn't have matches. Yeah. So being a promotion and running a, a school makes it more difficult to put out the best matches on every show because we're trying to get our fourth, fifth, and sixth best tag team. Yeah. GCW's sixth best tag team. You have no idea because they've never used it. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. And I think a lot of times, too, the younger kids don't realize that when you get something like a future shock um or you know an fsw arena show or especially a big show a casino show those opportunities that you're getting i remember at upw it was family and friends you know 20 people and the young guys would just work in front of just a small little crowd just to get them used to working in front of people and calling matches, etc. I think the only way the Riggs brothers got a match. <laughs> and they probably got the shit beat out of it. I remember the one story was uh, the Havana Pitbulls beat the shit out of them in a match. I always remember that story. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, a true story. Um, <laughs> But it's it's really interesting to think that, you know, what what the kids don't realize because of the fact that when you're coming into a school and you just, you know, if you've gone to a couple shows before you started, 
basically what you're seeing around you is this wonderful environment that you're not going to get at most places um, because most places just don't have that uh, mindset of trying to develop people in a certain way and trying to present the company as a, a promotion that is a legit major promotion. Do you think that sometimes that spills into that, um, that, uh, I don't want to say arrogance, but almost that entitled feeling, especially when you're, you know, a lot of times you'll hear people talk about kids who are now 18, 19, 20, and this feeling of entitlement. Do you see that reflective? Um, and if so, do do the guys learn very quickly that, you know what, hey, this is an opportunity that not a lot of people get, and you're being offered this opportunity, and if you fuck it up, that's on you, and there are consequences for messing up, um, you know, to the, to the point of you might not see another show for another six months or a year. Again, you know, as some people think, you know, Joe DeFalco, he's an asshole. Joe DeFalco, you know, we're intimidated by him, the younger guys. But I've always been the guy that I try to always make sure the good outweighs the bad. So even though there's a little bad, I don't really take things away from people. Sure. You know, and in some cases, I probably should. Like, if you're involved in a story and we're doing stuff and what you did isn't really egregious, you know, probably in the perfect world, you'd pull the guy. But you got stuff going on. You, you genuinely like the guy. You know, people are young. They act stupid. But in reality, it's no excuse. You know, it's like, here, this is what you need to do. And if you don't do it, you really shouldn't be rewarded for it. You know, it, it sometimes amazes me how when you can't make a show, it's all right, no big deal. But if you can make it and I don't book you, then you're crying. Yeah. Like, I owe you. <laughs> you know, had that issue on Saturday. So, guys not booked, one of our long-term guys... And I didn't take it personally, and I don't even know how he meant it. But uh, the guy Nino Black was supposed to wrestle was Jackson Stone. He was in town for another show. And I guess me telling him, yeah, I'd love to have you come down, because he asked me about it Saturday. You know, I said, I'm going to try, you know, my best to make sure you have a match. So you're asking me to come down. That's my answer to you. I didn't think I have to message you back. So, you know, they hit him up and he was in his hotel and he was hoping somebody could pick him up and give him a ride. And it's like, bro, you wanted to be on the show, get in a fucking Uber and drive <laughs> over. So now one of our guys, that's a heel. I had a guy for Nino Black. I needed a guy. You know, because the shade didn't have an opponent either before the, sh the the day of the show, but I didn't want Nino and the shade to wrestle each other again. Two popular baby faces. Yeah, I said, "Hey, 
You want to work Nino Black? Actually, it shouldn't matter who it is. It's Laz because he worked Nino Black. And it was like he hesitated. Like he had to think about it. I did. It's like, really? You're not booked on the show? I'm giving you an opportunity? I'm like, the Laz I remember when he was a kid would come in and sit there when he wasn't booked, begging to be on the show. And now you're so big time that you have to decide in your head if it's worthy enough of someone of your stature to wrestle a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's 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 interesting to say the least. And 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 granted too, the other thing, like you said, you know, um it's you know, sometimes it's just a misstep and all right, you know, things are fine. Then you go and you see the match. The match is, is good. Um, as we start to kind of get wrapping up here, uh, you know, a lot of the the stories that have been going on uh, set up now are kind of getting paused uh, as SummerSlam weekend is, is coming up. Uh, and then we'll be restarting after then. Um, is there anything that... Um, fans should be kind of looking for uh with things that might have uh, started getting set up uh this past saturday um you know how does how do things fall with the faction and uh with uh, ice williams and you know now that you know chris bay uh you know is wrestling a guy like watson um is he gonna take on the whole faction essentially and, and build his way up to uh, ice or, you know, what, what are some things that seem to uh, the fans can kind of uh, ponder as uh, you know, this little break happens for, for the next couple of weeks. Well, I'll be honest. I didn't see that match because I used to commentary and I was exhausted. I got my second dose the day before right. and I knew I should have waited till Monday. And when I woke up Saturday morning, I woke up at like 9 a.m., went downstairs and slept in my other bed for an hour, woke up, went on my couch, slept again for two and a half more hours. Then I was up for like two hours. Wife got ready for work. I slept while that was happening. So I basically was you know, just sitting in a chair trying to just vegetate because I was so tired from that. I heard the match wasn't very good. A lot of negatives on that match, but the angle was, thankfully was more about the angle, but what we're gonna do, which I think's, uh, you know, creative, since Chris Bay and Watson are gonna have a one-on-one -on -one match, you can't keep the faction out of there. What we're going to do is it's going to be sort of a lumber mat, lumberjack match. The faction can be out there, but Hero and Shogun are also going to be out there. Yeah. So it's going to be under lumberjack rules. So if Bay gets tossed into the faction, you know, we're not doing DQs. We're going to let these guys fight. So that for September 3rd is a given, you know, and... You know, that's Shogun's first appearance back. Whether he has a match that night or so, whether it's with Hero, 
don't know yet. Still putting stuff together, you know, still got to make sure who's available, who's going to be there. You know, we have so much riding and going on through the SummerSlam weekend. You know, I haven't solidified the card for the third other than that match for sure. Makes sense. Um, but but then we've uh, with with Graves and uh, Tito. Tito's pinned Graves twice now. So, you know, there, there's always been assistance. So at Natural Born Killers, there's no assistance. So it's going to be the two jujitsu heavyweights battling it out. Tito Escondido versus Graves. Yeah. So look forward to that. Uh, just signed Calder McCall to return. He's going to wrestle Cal Jack. Oh, nice. And one of the matches, again, I'll give away the matches again. You know, might as well. It's less than two weeks away. Uh, we, we confirmed TJP this week, and I'm getting my match that I want to see. TJ Perkins against Eli Everfly. <laughs> that... I'm predicting that to be the match of the night, the sleeper of the night. Yeah, someone's gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to uh, see if uh, Meltzer's in town and get him to the show so that he can uh, dole out his five star uh, Tokyo Dome matches to some of uh, the good, uh, you know, stuff that's gonna be happening at uh, at that show. Um, and don't forget too, if you're listening, if you're watching. Um, you know, we always encourage you to subscribe to the FSW Network, of course. Um, it's only six ninety nine a month. But also, um, I'm, I'm assuming the women's show and uh, Natural Born Killers will probably be through uh, Fight TV. Is that correct? That That is correct. Uh, FSW GCW will also be on Fight TV. Uh, but that's going to be through the GCW channel even though we're, you know, 50-50 partners, obviously, uh, in the in the show, in the event, and, you know, our production's going to be running it. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to where GCW is confident enough in us to put a lot of the things together. Uh, made confirmation. Uh, Kevin Gill will represent GCW on commentary, and our Jake Black will represent fsw that way both parties know enough about everything that's going on especially gcw wise gil hits me up he's like hey bro you know any chance you could have me doing commentary you know add a little gcw you know the background i'm like dude i already expected that's what it was gonna be like you don't have to pitch me to be on the show you know to me that was a given yeah yeah, no, that's 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 fabulous, and that's that's awesome too. That uh, you know Jake gets a chance to work with Kevin. I think that those two working together would be a very, very cool dynamic to uh, to listen to. Yeah, they did get the opportunity at the uh, the one wrestling guy that did some stuff a few months back at the arena. Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but these will be much better matches, so they'll be able to get into the flow. There'll be a crowd there, whether there wasn't at the last one. Yeah, there, there, there are so many cool factors going into this that I think it's going to be one of those shows that, um, if you are a fan of FSW and if you're a fan of GCW, or 
if you don't know much about GCW, um, this is a great chance for FSW fans to learn a lot more about, um, you know, how they run and, and some of the, the craziness that happens with them and their matches. And like you said, very ECW-esque um, for this generation. Uh, yeah, I, I have to go to Home Depot and buy a lot of doors this week. <laughs> and uh, and that goes, is that like, when you, when you ha- keep a ledger, is it like, you know, <laughs> like payouts X, this yeah, X, it's a bit it's a doors. business expense. I'm buying doors. <laughs> you know? uh, if I get audited, I might have to explain to the IRS <laughs> that the doors are part of the show. They weren't like doors for my house to replace that I put on the you know business account. <laughs> Sir, what happened to all those doors? Oh, they just bodies went through they them. Broke. Yeah, <laughs> what else is new? Come on. Uh, but yeah, please, if you uh, if you are not in town for SummerSlam, please check it out. Uh, all the shows on uh, on Fight TV on the pay per view. Um, also, uh, if you're coming in for SummerSlam weekend and you uh, are looking for you know tickets, please look at FSW's website. Um, figure out you know what you can make and. Uh, you know, this would be your your best option in terms of uh, shows to see. Would be, you know, the shows that are going on through FSW uh, that weekend. Um, and man, it's coming up fast. And uh, boy, can't wait to see, you know, how everything comes together. And uh, you know, we might have to <laughs> might have to have a nurse on standby for you. Hopefully, we don't get the uh, what is it, eighth heart attack or ninth. I didn't have a heart attack. I just had surgery. <laughs> I had bypass. I bypassed the heart attack and went right to the surgery. Uh, it's 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 fun to joke with you, Joe. It's fun to. Why, why would I have a heart attack? They're the guys that are going to kill themselves, not me. <laughs> any uh, any thoughts of uh, when you purchase one of those doors? Do you ever think, you know what? I'll try it. I'll I'll go through one. Nah, never been a dream of mine to go through a door. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, <laughs> I hope that uh, everyone, uh, again, tunes in. Uh, subscribe to the FSW Network. Uh, again, six ninety nine a month. You can see the uh, last couple shows, uh, the High Octane, the Future Shock, and the High Octane. That happened the last uh, three or so weeks. And uh, kind of get caught up uh, and uh, watch uh, the... Uh, prior natural born killers too to kind of get an idea if you're on the fence and you know haven't seen it before check it out because that way you get an idea of what you might be seeing uh and the style of uh what it is before the show on the 20th um and again everyone thank you so much for uh, supporting fsw supporting the biggest bad boys of podcasting and uh, until uh next week we'll uh and we'll, again, we'll be joined by Thomas Day next week. So that should be a fairly interesting conversation, uh, especially for people if you're not familiar with him. Um, he's one of, I think, one of the most solid workers and just a cool cat in general. Um, and, one of, and one of the most underrated talents. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think we'll, we'll get into kind of that, you know, his perspective on that as well. Um, because... Uh, 
you, you know, sometimes there are guys that just get overlooked, and I think that he's one guy who is, you know, through the years kind of gotten overlooked, but brings a lot to the table. So, you know, he, he he's another guy that I would really enjoy seeing in the natural born killer setting. You know, as much cool high flying stuff that he does, and the missile drop kick, and the 450. You know, he always reminded me of like. Ryan Taylor's baby brother. Like, he can submit you, put you in these holds, reversals, and 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 they came just so naturally, yeah. you know? And people overlook that, similar to what I would say about, like, an Eli ever. Very true. Very true. So those, those are, uh, you know, some interesting questions and, and kind of things we'll uh, get into uh, next week. And uh, until then, everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you then.